Reggie. How did you end up at Lockhart, man, Mr. Mr. Man, Dr. I, Reggie, I pharmacist end, Reggie? I ended up at Lockhart because I heard they had great barbecue. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously. They I, do have pretty good barbecue there. They do. As soon as I pulled out of the neighborhood, I seen a truck pull up behind me. Mm. I said, man, I'm got. And it's like, nah, maybe I'm nervous because I got the five birds in the yeah. back, you know. So I'm going to turn right here. So I was off of McCarty. And I turned on the back street. The truck went forward. Then I had a ranger meet me on the other end. And I said, mm. oh, shoot, I'm God. So anyway, that's how I got, got involved. Then I got locked up. And I never wanted to be like my dad, but I went up just like my dad. Man. She just had to come down to, to Gar's East and see me. So I go out in the visitation room, and I see my mom sitting there. And I walk over to her, and she hugs me. And she says to me, I am so proud of you. Mm. It just destroyed me, man. I said, wait a minute. She should be smacking the mess out of me. She says, I am so proud of you. And it made me realize the love of a mother. There's nothing like love of a mother. Oh, man. Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and and not be afraid to say, "Go, go ahead. Check my background. My name is J. Dan Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Water. What do I see? River floats and paddle boats blown by the breeze. The you know this is? Yes. Yuri. Yuri and Michael. Yuri was a guest on our show. A long time ago, I think. Long time ago. I remember. Yeah, I remember when he came on. Sunrise, painting skies, caves and ravines. It's a good song. Yeah, I like this song. They played it on uh, Real Vita TV as well. Yes. I think it's a newer song of them, I think. Maybe. This is a long note. Man, that's so good. That's so good. You know, uh, so his, his, uh, his guitarist, Michael, wrote that song. And, of course, Yuri and Mike have been friends uh, for a while. We had Yuri on the show way, way, way back in our early days mm-hmm. on the audio podcast. We went to Lake. I went to Lakey and um, uh, recorded his story. And then eventually he uh, started his own podcast, Crypt Christ. And oh, it's yeah. a it's a really good one. You know, it's just him behind the mic. And, and uh, one day he's going to start having interviews and everything else. And maybe one day he'll be on Pando. Mm-hmm. But he's been on Pando um he played this song with with Michael. Uh, they mm-hmm. went to Real Vida. Real Vida. Yeah, and they played. And they've it. been on Worthy People as well. Yes, uh, been on ours. Yeah, Lucky. they've been on ours. They're, um, we're, we're, we got another special uh, episode coming up with them. We're going to keep it quiet though, but we got another special episode coming up with Yuri. And um, anyway, they this song they won. There's a Frio. There's a festival down there where they live or in Leaky Lakey. 
Um, they won? They won their song, won first place. Uh, for, I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess there's a contest at this festival, and uh, it's called Songs on the Frio. And uh, anyway, so that, that song, Michael wrote, and then they performed it, and I think they won first place. And then that has, has gained them popularity. They've been on uh, KFAN, K-F-A-N, uh, which is, I think is a radio or TV station. I don't know. I think it's radio. Uh, follow them on Facebook. Follow Yuri Laquette on Facebook, uh, Michael Farley as well. And uh, they're just good people. They're, they're amazing people, and uh, we can't wait to see them again. But um, The way back. We got a we got a good show, huh? Thank you for tuning in to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, J. Dan Gum, and this is my co-host, Jessa. Jessa, and we are glad you're here. We believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. Brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past. Realize their future. And brought to you by The Way, way back. back. The Way Back. The Way Back is the premier reentry program in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're coming home to the Dallas area, you may make sure your family calls them. The number is on the screen right now. It's also at the end of the show. Uh, they they can get you everything. They can get you uh, job connections. They can get you clothes, hygiene, some food, uh, some even some training. Uh, if you need to learn some computer, you know programs on the computer, they and have they access to those. They can refer you to other housing, and they can they can refer you to uh, transitional houses or like other places us. to live, like us. And uh, but yeah, they're just good people, man. Call them T Ray, uh, La Heather, uh, Katie. All the people that work over there, we love y'all, and uh, we thank y'all. And uh, they they do it differently. They, listen, they're not just about a stat with you, okay? They they want to build the relationship with you. They have a a phase program where they want to be able to keep up with you, yeah, and keep and, and not just know what's going on in your life, so they can track your success, but they want to help you and 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 help you become more successful in everything you do. And uh, so we're just we're we're thankful. For the way back, we're thankful for their partnership, their love for God, their love for you, the demographic that we serve, and uh, we're just we're glad for them, right? Mm-hmm. All right. What's new? What's new in your life, Jessalyn? A lot of things. Yeah. Last night I got my nails done. Oh, look at that! Wow, is it polka dots? Yes. Oh my gosh. We that... d- first we did tips. We put tips on them. Who, who's we? Who? You and Je- Gemma. Me, Gemma, and my cousin Cat. Cousin Cat, Catalina. We put tips on them. And then we did, we glued them down. First, we had to find the right size for everyone. And then we glued them down with nail glue. And then we put acrylic on them. And then that didn't take very long to dry. And then you have to grind them. And then you have to put the polka dots on it. These are just regular nail polish. Okay. And then once those dry, you have to put a top coat on, which the nail polish and the top coat take the longest to dry. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a process. So annoying. It's a process. But it was fun. <clears throat> but your I nails look great. Show them yes. one more time. My nails. Look at that. Wow. Those are beautiful. All right. What and else is new? I got a new phone case. Oh, a new phone case. Now, Thank she does not have a phone. Tell everybody you do not have a phone. Don't have a phone. <laughs> this is my old phone that we're letting her use. It's not activated, it's but Jessa and Gemma for both. It's a, it, we call it the family phone, but we we allow them to put their and names. I on it. paid it with my own money, so I got to pick. the She purple did buy phone the case. case. She bought the case, and she her favorite color is purple. 
And so, uh, so yeah, so it's it's a it's a kind of a precursor. She's 11 years old now, and eventually she'll have her own phone. We'll activate that one, but um, but until then, she could just kind of get used to how the phone works and all that. The the, the real phones, the iPhones, not the Android phones. Yeah, the uh, real ones. <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, Gemma's Gemma's at uh, horseback riding again. Again. Yeah, we will get some more pictures. She loved it. We got yeah, some we got pictures some more pictures of her just leading the horse through the mud. Through the mud. Uh, she, she got, got some, some. She got some new cute boots. boots. Yeah, and so so that's cool. Uh, let's see, we got Thanksgiving. Uh, we got our Thanksgiving party. To, uh, it'll be tonight. By the time by the time wait tonight. Yeah, by the time people are watching this on Saturday night, um, we'll be having our party. The eighteenth, we'll we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving, and we're gonna we're gonna film some stuff tonight. Yes, that will air special for them on Thanksgiving. But um, uh, but yeah, tonight at Thanksgiving. Listen, this is for anybody and everybody, especially. If you're Tell out your here, family to come. if you're out here uh, in the free world and you you still watch us and you listen to us and you you are invested in our ministry somehow come just on. through prayer, support, financing, or whatever, then uh, you're welcome to come to all of these. So it's tonight at the house. Our but, um, house. wait, there our no, house. Forgiven Felon's house. Oh yeah. And um, but uh, you know, most of y'all hearing this may be too late, but um, I just want you to know we got the Christmas party coming up too. So. Make sure, make sure, and you, you guys in prison. Make sure you know your family anywhere they are in the Dallas area, Fort there. If they want to come hang out mm-hmm. at our breakfast Bible study on Sunday mornings or at our open houses, tell them to get in touch with us. Okay. We've had people come from very far away. To also, come also, I think someone has contacted us. I do want to, I do want to interview your family. Uh, if your family wants uh, to be wants to be interviewed and be in the podcast, you know, uh, we can't do everybody. But um, I do want to start, you know, talking to some families about what it's like to have somebody in prison and go through somebody in prison. It needs to be in the Dallas area or willing to travel to the Dallas area mm-hmm. to interview. But um, anyway, uh, let's see. What else we got? Thanksgiving, uh, the uh, Christmas party. Yes. Uh, the only thing we have to say about the Christmas party right now is our ornament contest. Yes. <clears throat> so I love the ornament contest. Every year, every year for the house, uh, we have the guys make ornaments mm-hmm. and we put them on our forgiven felons tree this year though is so different. this year and, and, and uh here's the criteria you basically have to make something small enough to hang on the tree mm-hmm. it can be it can be um, a, a drawing it could be something you make it could be something bought it could be something created designed whatever and uh but then it's got to have like a special meaning behind it mm-hmm. like what does that what does that thing you made, you bought, you found, you whatever, mm-hmm. what does it mean to you? Like it could the be Cowboys a, thing that somebody a, brought a long time ago represented the star. Yeah, the star of David. Yeah. And so it could be funny. It could be spiritual, but, it could, you know, impactful. And uh, and then at the Christmas party, we'll actually hold them up and vote them, vote on all of them by applause and all that. Jess and Gemma get to vote. Yeah. To see um, who wins all that. So so if you're an inmate, it, if you're an inmate and you want to join in with the guys in the house, Mail it. Uh, in this, then uh, let us know. Send something in, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let me see here. Also, um, uh, Jessa, you okay. have some. You have a poem you want to do. I do have a poem. I'm in UIL oral reading at my school. I've memorized it a little bit. I've memorized the whole thing, but sometimes I forget what to say. So it's, she, it's a competition for, and she's in the oral reading competition, and you're allowed to read your 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 piece, but it's they ask supposed asked to be <clears throat> you read it. Yeah, they, it's oral reading. They encourage you to memorize to it. To memorize too, it because if you memorize it, you most likely won't stumble. Right. And stuff, but you can always look back if you forget it. Right. But if you're just reading, then 
you're going to stumble yeah and so, or lose your place right so look, look, she wants to practice so okay. we're gonna let her practice one pic- <clears throat> it's called one picture puzzle piece by shell silverstein one picture puzzle piece laying on the sidewalk one picture puzzle piece soaking in the rain it might be a button of blue on the coat of a woman who lived in a shoe it might be a magical bean or a fold in the red velvet robe of a queen. It might be the veil of a bride or a bottle with some evil genie inside. It might be a small tuft of hair on the big bouncy belly of Bobo the bear. It might be a bit of the cloak of the Witch of the West as she melted the smoke. It might be a shadowy trace of a tear that runs down an angel's face. Nothing has more possibilities than one old wet picture puzzle piece. Yay! Wow! Way to go, Jessa! That one was really good, actually. I'm surprised (laughs) that I didn't forget it. (laughs) That was so good. Man, how long did it take you to memorize all that? Well, I did one little chunk of the first few lines one day in like 10 minutes. And then the rest of it I memorized yesterday. Like three, th- three, three quarters of it, three quarters of it I memorized yesterday. Yeah, that's good. I'm proud of you. I, I have really good memory. I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. Did you know that? You knew that? Good. You know why you know it? Because we tell you all the time, right? It gets annoying. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, a lot of you have been sending prayer requests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say uh, to all of you, we do read them. We don't have time to read them all on the air. Uh, Curtis, we got yours. We're praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted y'all to know that we do pray, okay? And um, thank you for trusting us with your prayer requests, and that uh, just know that we're taking them to the to the throne of God uh, on your behalf. All right, um, Mary Chapa, what's up? How's it going? Shout out. Um, let's see. Uh, you know. I want to give a shout out to people who have already gotten out of prison, Jesse. Yeah. These are not people in prison. These are people that have gotten out mm-hmm. and have written us or called us or texted us or whatever and still listen on the outside. Uh, mm-hmm. We got an email. Uh, we got an email from, uh, oh my gosh. Who is it? Right. Uh, Did you delete it? Dang it. I forgot her name. I didn't. Uh, is it the email that's on there? Yeah. She just got out. Uh, you know what, Jessa? Yes. Do your poem again. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to find that. Okay. I'm to find it. One picture puzzle piece laying on the sidewalk. One picture puzzle piece soaking in the rain. It might be a button of blue on the coat of a woman who lived in a shoe. It might be the veil. Oh, wait, it might be a magical bean. Oh man, I messed up on the first time. Oh, that's okay. It might be a magical bean. Or what, the one little bite. Oh, my gosh. I can't do it anymore. You I, can't? I forgot it. Okay. All right. Well, good. I found it anyway. Here it is. Uh, Regina Marino. Regina. Uh, Regina's yeah. been out since October 6th. Uh, she's got a job at Waste Management. Oh, um, yes. I see that. And uh, she wanted to give a shout out back to the ladies at the Hilltop Trustee Camp. What's up, Elisa, Vero, Hello, Natalie, uh, and all the ladies about to get released from the program unit at Halbert. Uh, she said she that they watch Forgiven Felons faithfully in there, and it's amazing how God works. She's a, at a job now with Waste Management. She gives all the glory to God because she's on her third interview. She also wants to shout out to uh, Fat Boy and JoJo at All Red and Jesse at the Pallage. So um, 
So yeah, Regina, so proud of you, and thanks for thanks for letting us know that you're doing well. And uh, let me see here, what else we got? More here? shout outs. Um, Corey from, from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Corey is about to. Uh, I don't want to butcher your last name. Corey got out and he contacted us, let us know, and he contacted us through Instagram. And uh, he's about to start his own podcast, and, uh, and, and I can't wait to be on that one. I'm about. I may start a podcast. You, you may start too. your own podcast too. What's it going to be called? I'm thinking it's going to be called Girl Talk Girl with Talk. me and Gemma, produced by him. Yeah, Girl Talk, produced by a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy Myers. Myers. Amy Myers down there in Corpus Christi. Uh, she uh, she asked for a shirt, and we sent her a shirt. Look, if you get out oh, and you want to yes. keep calm, forgive me, shirt. We will send, give you one. Send us one, and, and we'll, um, we'll we'll get one to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Heather Baconbush. Bacon, Baconbush. Thank you for uh, writing and letting us know how you're doing. Chris Fit 84 I forgot your last name. That's your Instagram handle, Chris Fit 84 Thanks for writing in and mm-hmm. and uh, telling us you're still listening to us on the outside. Keith, Keith Cook, Cook, I think, down in Houston. Uh, yes. Thank you. So, um, And then I, w- I just want to read these couple letters. We don't read a whole lot of letters on the show, and it's because we get so many. And, so many, three hundreds per week. Sometimes, uh, yeah, it's crazy, you know. And and we, we don't even a, know have any place to put. We them. get a lot that are just sending us their story, and then we get a ton more just wanting applications. Applications. And just uh, an update on the application stuff, guys. Listen, uh, good news and bad news. Pretty, pretty, pretty much everyone now would be on a waiting list. Mm-hmm. So um, because we're full. You know, so even the hundred and thirty that have already that we sent to secure us that you haven't got yet. We have to send we're, those back. We're going to send those to you, but at the same time, just know that we're full. And, we're uh, full right now. And we we need another we need another house or two, you know. So uh, if you have anybody on the outside that, um, you know, <clears throat> I said, we say anywhere, but really it needs to be somewhere close Dallas to Dallas area. so we can manage it. But anyway, this guy Jeffrey Berkeley, um, mm-hmm. he said he's G five now, so he's not sure when he's going to get out. But he said, I just want to say a huge thank you to you. And your family. That's Jessamy, Jessa, and Gemma. You saved my life a few times when I thought about suicide. You shook my hand when I graduated cognitive life skills at the Hughes unit. Uh, and I remember you, Jeffrey. I remember you. And um, man, to know that our show and our family has impacted your life in that way is um, is incredible. And we give all the glory to God. We don't take any credit for that. Uh, we just be obedient, right, Jessa? We just be obedient to what he tells us to do, and we keep doing it. And if it touches lives and saves lives, we're we're so thankful that you're alive. We're so thankful that we're we're alive and that God used us to be a part of that. All right, and we're we're ex- we're excited to, to when you get out. If you do come to Forgiven Felons, uh, even if you don't live there, you're going to come hang out with us, and we're going to be able to be friends out here. Yeah, right? shake your hand and high five and hug and all that. Fist stuff. bump. Fist bump. Secret handshake. Secret handshake. Yes. Uh, let's see. And then we got another card. Mm-hmm. We got a card from uh, Mark. Oh, forgot about my card for my birthday. Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll. We'll. we'll uh, let's see. This goes to Mark Alexander Severd Sverdlov. Okay. Now he's in the uh, Missouri, Lebanon, Missouri, um, and uh, he says, he says, Mister Jaden, I would like to thank you uh, for such an awesome job on Panda with your podcast. I have never been closer to God than before. Because of you, I now read the Bible daily, pray and walk, or at least try to, to in God's ways. May the Lord bless you, Jessamy, Jessa, and Gemma, and it's even Snowman. He's so, outside right now. So thank you, um, thank you, Mark, uh, for for that letter. We really appreciate it. 
Uh, Jesse, you got a card. You got a birthday yes. card from somebody recently. From... You, I mean, you got so many. But... So many. I have them all right here. But this one just got from... recently. Ken Hart. Hi, Jessa. I just wanted. You don't to have make... to read the whole thing. Oh, just yeah. say thank you to him. Thank you. Yeah. And I also got this happy birthday card. Right yeah. Here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hart, for uh, writing in. All of you guys for uh, wishing her a happy birthday. Yes, I had a good birthday party. Uh, so let's see. To close out announcements, um, you know, uh, three people clicked the accept button. Except Jesus Christ button than last week, Jessa. Wow. So we're so crazy. glad you did that. Whoever you are, we're so glad you did that. And uh, we want to welcome you to the body of Christ. Uh, all of heaven was rejoicing when you hit that button. And we want to say thank you. <clears throat> um, also, anytime, man, anytime you uh, you hear the prayer of salvation in our podcast, it's because we want to, you may not have been brought up in church like we have, like Jessa is. You know, you may not have heard the prayer of salvation, how to get saved what the Bible says about how to be saved and all that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so that's the reason we include that prayer of salvation in every prayer, in every uh, podcast episode in some way, so that you have the opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And so when you do that and hit that accept Christ button, uh, give us a shout to write us, let us know, you know, that you did that. And um, we love y'all. We, we're praying for y'all. One of the things that um, a lot of you guys have written in about is, uh, you're, you like seeing the family on the show. You like seeing Jess on the show. You like seeing the daughter, daddy, um, you know, relationship, you know, and so, uh, that it's inspired you and given you hope to, that you'll be reconciled with your children one day. And so we just want to say a special prayer, uh, over, over that today. So, um, Jessa, what does it mean for you to be on the, on the podcast with me? I like it. You I like, like it. being on here because you get to go away from Gemma and you get to have special drinks and you get to, mm, I like, I, I, I don't like the color theme of the room. Oh, you don't? Okay. I'm sorry. But because black and yellow, Yeah. but no. everything else I like about it. If it was purple and another color, mm, I would like it. It's like Ray, Baltimore Ravens colors. I don't like that. Uh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, we got a, a little caricature. Yeah. This was done at the picnic back in June. Je- my, my wife's uh, company picnic. And uh, there's me. There's me. There's Jessamy. Uh, that's Gemma, Snowman, yeah. and Jessalyn. So, so yeah. Pretty cool, huh? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we want to pray. We want to pray. We pray at the end of this episode um, with Paul and Reggie, but we want to pray. Uh, a special prayer over reconciling with your children. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, and this comes from my own journey. You know, my son Chase, who's 20, I think two now, he, uh, you know, I didn't get to see him until he was 18, you know, and, you know, uh, that was not by my choice, but it was by, you know, his, his, uh, his mom and stepdad's choice. But now we've been, we've been reconciling and we're, we have a great relationship, you know, uh, distance keeps us from having even a better one. But, um, you know, we, we want to pray. We want to pray over you. And uh, so if you have a desire, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you've been separated, if incarceration or your past life has, has caused separation between you and your children and you want that to happen, you want that reconciliation to happen, we're going to pray over, over that right now for you guys. All right. So, uh, Jesse, you ready? Let's pray. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for this uh, day. Thank you for this episode coming up with Reggie and Paul and myself. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for everyone watching. Lord, thank you for 
the relationship that, that you have with us, a father and child relationship. Thank you, Lord, that that's the role model. That's the, that's the bar that we should attain, uh, Lord, as we parents uh, build relationships with our own children. And so, Father, I thank you for mine and Jess's relationship. I thank you that that um, that it's it's incredible. You know, we have our ups and downs, but we always bounce back and we always, uh, you know, uh, push forward. And so, uh, Lord, I want to say thank you for Jessa right now. She's a, a special daughter. They're both special. But uh, thank you for Jessa, especially coming on the show and just smiling every every time. And uh, Lord, we just lift up everyone listening uh, out here in prison on audio, on video, we want to lift up everyone who has a desire to see their broken father, daughter, mother, son, whatever the relationship is, Lord. We want to we want to lift them up to you right now. And we pray we speak reconciliation. We we speak restoration. We we bind division in that relationship. And we say whatever is causing the division, whatever is causing the separation, to be to be resolved lord change the hearts turn the hearts of the children to the father and the the the, the parents and the, the hearts of the parents to the children lord let words be spoken that that are life-giving not dividing let words be spoken um that, that bring unity not division lord we thank you that that people even ones that write in that that, that request prayer about reconciliation with their children, Lord. We pray that you begin that path. We, we give praise reports for the ones that said it's already happening. And Lord, we just speak that. We speak you're an abundance God, whatever we can think or imagine, above, beyond whatever we can think or imagine. So Lord, if they can think and imagine themselves being reconciled to their children, then you're going to go above and beyond that because you're an abundant God. And we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for this show. Lord, I thank you for my good friends, Paul and Reggie. Lord, we did time together. We did prison time together. And uh, now we do life together out here. And we just ask you to um, let this episode where there's fun, there's seriousness, and there's just uh, giving you all the glory. Lord, we pray that it impacts at least just one person. And uh, we give you the glory for, for what you're doing in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. What do you think? Got a good show. Good. You know who Paul and Reggie is, right? Yes. They were I they love were them. they were in my wedding. Paul and Reggie, I met at the Lockhart Work Facility, which is now the Coleman unit. Well, shout out to Coleman. Uh all you EWAP ladies. Um and Paul and Reggie were were just my friends. Me and Reggie played basketball. He's my friend. Yeah, you and he's the one Reggie's the one who made the made the bet with us about taking us out to eat uh if the Rangers won. And they did. So Paul um Paul and Reggie were both in my wedding, okay? I'm not going to do it right now, but I put pictures of them, of wedding pictures up in, during the interview. Those are so, good pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I bought, uh, y'all, y'all know who Steve Harvey is, the comedian and game show host. He uh, he has a line of, a clothing line. And so back then, when I first got out of prison, 2008, he had, a, he had a suit. And so I liked the suit. And so I bought all my... I bought all my groomsmen Steve Harvey. Oh, that's suits. a good picture. <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah. Um, but I mean, we've been friends all these years, and I just wanted to do an episode around Thanksgiving. You know, um, you know about community. You know, I mean, distance doesn't separate true community. Distance. I mean, me being gone for a year from you guys. Uh, so we're we're right at uh, eleven months and one week before I can come back in. 
Um, I'm looking forward. I'm counting down the days before I come back into Texas. Uh, I miss you guys already, and I can't wait. I can't wait. We're already working on a, on a schedule at the end of 2024 because we believe I'm going to be able to come back in at the end of uh, 2024. Um, but distance does not, do, does not, it should not break true godly community. And uh, Reggie and Paul are just true friends, true friends. We laugh in this episode. We cry in this episode. We talk about their stories. We talk about God. We talk about basketball in the rec yard. We talk about golf. We talk about mamas. We talk about everything. Barbecue. You should have <laughs> talking about when they're going to get that dinner. When, he, when he's going to give us a dinner. He'll get it. He'll get it to us. He's a man of his word. One day. One day. <laughs> All right. Hey, we love y'all. Uh, we, uh, we'll, we'll air another background check-in for Thanksgiving, a special edition of background check-in and, um, uh, we'll, I'll still do lessons from the lights, but I'll do a a special Thanksgiving check-in. Listen, we have the documentary in Spanish now. Hola, soy Steve Borden. Algunos me conocen como Sting, luchador de la WWE. Durante más de 20 años luché contra los sujetos más... All three in yes. Spanish. <laughs> so I may be taking a break from the English episodes, maybe at the end of the year, take a break and just re- and re-air the documentary, but in Spanish. So mm. spread the word, tell all your Spanish-only speaking friends, tell all the ones who aren't fluent in English to get ready, because I think at the end of the year, whenever I... Um, we'll still do fresh background check-ins, but at the end of the year, I may take a break from the... The interviews and air the Spanish uh, version of the documentary. So get I'm ready, excited. get ready. All right, um, all right. Y'all have a good rest of your weekend and spread the word. Tell your family out here. Uh, if you're out here in the real world, subscribe on YouTube, listen on audio podcast, whatever you got to do. But but get these stories. The stories that we bring on the show, man, are just people with a lot of bravery, boldness that are willing to put all their stuff out there so that somebody else can be redeemed. So we love y'all. God loves you. And uh, don't let your background hold you back. Make it pay you back. See ya. Enjoy the interview. Reggie McCoy and Paul Landa. Do you still go by Lena? Nah, Paul Lena. Landa. Paul Lena. Landa. Whatever. All right, Reggie welcome. calls me Lino. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Did you ever think that when we're doing life together at Lockhart Work Facility that that us three would be sitting around a table with cameras and mics talking about Jesus. No, never. Oh. It never crossed my mind once. <laughs> Thank y'all for doing this, man. We've had fun with the podcast. We've had a blast with the video the last three or four months, but, um, uh, thank you for doing this. You guys have been around for a long time in my life. You guys were both at my wedding. Thanks again for, you know, I hope you got as much wear and tear out of that suit as possible. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, never, wore, never wore it again. <laughs> never wore it again. <laughs> I think I only wore it that one time too. Yeah, Reggie, yeah. Reggie, you wore got, it a couple times. You got some use out of it. I right? got it's a great suit, man. Nice yeah. colors. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, thank I'm a, you. I'm gonna put some pictures of uh, of us in our in our suits uh, up there so everybody can see it. Oh yeah, we look we look sharp. So they can see how how our hair has changed over the last fourteen yeah, years. Yeah, really, huh? And we're all a little bit heavier. Yeah. Oh man, don't talk about it. Oh, and then I'm going to put uh, pictures. Uh, do y'all still have pictures of your prison ID? I don't. You don't have yours anymore? I, it's is somewhere. I don't, somewhere? I don't know where it is, yeah. We need to try to find it. Somewhere. I think I have mine. Yeah, I know. I got mine. I got mine. I carry, I carry mine in my wallet. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Are you still on parole? No. 
I'm not. I just want people. I want. I want to be able to show people. Yeah, like, that's when I, cool. When I run into somebody, I'm like, look, I, I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah. So, but man, I just wanted y'all on because I wanted the world to know about you guys. And uh, this podcast is is out here on YouTube on our YouTube channel, but it's also on audio. The audio part of it will be on Apple, Spotify, all that. But the main reason is because you know this also goes to I think about five hundred thousand tablets in jails and prisons all across this wow. nation, and you know uh, over 11, almost twelve hundred people have given their heart to the Lord through the videos and the podcasts and the the documentary episodes that we posted on our channel, and right. so uh, so I just wanted I wanted people to hear your stories, your Jesus stories, but I also want people to hear uh, just have some fun. Because, I mean, you guys are fun. You guys are fun to be around. You guys were fun to do time with. You guys made time a lot easier. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, would love, I would love for everybody to hear as much of, as much of your story as we have time for. So, uh, yeah. but, but let's start with who you are now, what you do now. Uh, Paul, let's start with you, man. Uh, you know, I, I know you as the tire guy. But, you know, I don't know if everybody else knows what you do for yeah. a living. So let's start with you. And, and man, uh, just tell us everything you got going on in your life now. Kids, uh, job, everything, you know. That, that Who is Paul Landa? Well, uh, my real name is Paulino Landa. Uh, that's, that's why we call you Lino. Yeah. Paulino. But okay. uh, about, <laughs> about two years ago when I went to go renew my license on my birth certificate, it actually says Pavlino. Oh no! So now my license is Pavlino. So now I've been kind of going by Pavlino or okay. Pav. <laughs> All right, <laughs> something new, but I like it. Um, but yeah, my name's Paulino Landa, and uh, I'm 58 years old. I've been out of prison for 15 years, going on 16. Um, had a lot of ups and downs in on this in walk. Yeah. Uh, I work at DH Tire in Houston, Texas. Uh. I run the place for my cousins. They own the business, and uh, I've been there ever since. And my cousin, he uh, wrote me a letter before I got out saying, hey, I want to, I need you. I need a manager. Man, okay, that's so cool. good. So I've been there ever since, you know. Uh, God's blessed me with two beautiful children, uh, actually six beautiful children, because I met my wife then. She had four stepkids, and, or she had four kids, and, you know, of course, I raised them, and you know, raise them to the best of my ability. And then we had two that came along and, you know, we're divorced now. Uh, but I still get to see all the kids and yeah. you know, there's, it's a lot of ups and downs, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's life, you yeah. know, but I was telling you earlier, I'll stick to that, that promise that God gave us in Proverbs three, five and six, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Hey, don't lean on my own. Understand trust in him in all my ways, right. no matter what, you know, mm -hmm. and he's going to direct my path. Even with what I'm going on, going with, uh, going through now, with my ex-wife and 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 the kids and all everything, but you know I have to trust in God. Yeah, I have to believe in Him, and I have to trust in all the promises that He's given us in His book. In his yeah, book, you know. So and those those verses, those promises were were good in prison, and they're still good out here. Exactly, they don't yeah. lose any any uh, effect right. just because we 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 come and get out. Yeah. All right, so Reggie, tell us about yourself. Well, uh, where should I begin? You let me know. Do you want to know the whole story? You want to hear part of the story, or? I mean, we're not we're not getting into your story, story. Like, what do you do for a living now? What no, do you actually, what do you actually, do? Are you married? Are you? Oh, sure. Do you have I, a I, golf game? 
Oh, you know I have a golf game. <laughs> that you do know. Actually, actually. Wait a I, minute. You can't say you have a golf game because you beat me by 10 strokes. No, I'm not going I'm nobody. That. I am no. nobody. Anybody who pays a fee and goes to the golf course has a game. Now, the quality of the game, that's debatable. But no, I do have a golf game. But anyway, uh, my name is Reginald McCoy, and uh, I've known these gentlemen here for almost 20 years now because we did some time on the other rec yard uh, up in Lockhart, Texas. Uh, we all were in church together. We all sang in the choir together. And uh, Lino and I, I have a special story I like to share about Lino. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Talk about now. We're going to get into all that okay. stuff. Talk okay. about now. All right. You want to know about married? now? You're married. I'm married. How long have you been married? I've been married almost three years now. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. And I, I married... Uh, 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 a very good uh, uh, lady that I went to high school with. Okay. We reconnected after 40 plus years and uh, we are married. And, and now my two kids, Winston and Chelsea, informed me that they were never, ever going to give me grandkids. Mm. So when they found out that I was dating Carol, they said to me, does she have grandkids? And I said, yeah, she's got seven. <laughs> so they were so excited to know that uh, I was marrying someone that had, had grandkids. It took the pressure off of them. I don't think there was any pressure. On them. <laughs> so, I, so I've got seven grandkids uh, who I, I kept three of them this summer here in Houston. Um, uh, so, so actually, I'm retired now. When I first got out of Lockhart. What, yeah, when you first got out, you went to work for uh, I went, Blake's. I went to work for Blake's Barbecue. Blake is a longtime friend of mine. He used to come visit me at Lockhart. Great and, guy. And he would tell me, when you get out of here, you're going to come work with me. And I said, man, you have lost your mind. <laughs> I am not going to work with you. But it, it ended up happening. We we had a good, good run over there. He was in business 43 years. So it was you that lost your mind. Right. It was me that lost my mind. Exactly. So, uh, so wait a minute. His business was 43 years. 43 wow. years. He was in the same spot, <clears throat> serving the same community. And uh, when he brought me on board, uh, he pretty much handed me the keys to the yeah, business. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So, we did a lot of great things. A lot of, you know, a lot of great uh, catering jobs. I'm, I'm talking like with really big people. And it was a good job. I, I love working with people. You know, my background is pharmacy. So uh, I love dealing with the public. I love helping people. So it, it was a good fit. Yeah. You worked years helping them with medicine, and then now you've worked years helping them to eat so they can be on more yeah. medicine. And technically food is, a, <laughs> food, hey, food is a drug anyway. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're retired. I'm actually retired right yeah. now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. You going to work on your golf game now more than your? No. I'm only going to play golf when somebody calls me. I'm not I'm not trying to, especially in Houston, it's too hot right now. You know, I, I'll play more in the fall. You kept saying it was nice today, but it was still kind of hot for it, me. It was nice. I'm not used to the humidity. It was, yeah, it was 10 degrees cooler than it was, say, two or three weeks ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. And it does feel nicer with that. Oh, yeah. You can tell the difference. There's a big difference between 108 and 98. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, sure. Oh, man. So, uh, Okay. You're Chelsea, Chelsea and Winston. I've known them for a while. It's it's really neat because I, you know, uh, I, I remember when you guys used to ask for prayer requests right. for your family out here, and yeah. uh, and so so it's pretty cool. But but yeah, man, let's um, let's let's talk about just let's talk about our time at Lockhart, okay? okay. And then if you wanna if you wanna share any part of your your story about how you ended up at Lockhart, mm -hmm. you know, uh, feel free. 
you know, they, they these people are tired of hearing my story. Uh, everybody knows that I got five DWIs and I went to prison for, you know, drinking too much Jack Daniels and I right. still get drunk. I just switch bartenders. I drink Jesus now. Okay. And so, Amen. so God didn't take away my desire to drink. He took my desire to drink Jack, Jack Daniels away. Right. And so, uh, so everybody knows about my story, but, but, I, but nobody knows, you know, just how we all grew to be friends at Lockhart. You were in what dorm? I was in two echo. Two Echo, right. and what were you? What, you were in what? Two Charlie. Two Charlie. I was in. I was in one Delta. Do you remember your cell? I don't. I was one hundred three. Do you remember I your don't cell? Remember oh, wait a minute. I was one hundred three in mine too. Yeah. yeah. I was one hundred three in Two Echo. You know, uh, when I talk about that being a Lockhart, it's called Coleman now, and it's all female. Mm-hmm. And when people, when I tell people it used to be male and female, they're like, "What? Yeah. There's a prison that had male and female." Uh, but it's all, and I, and I went to go into their EWAP, uh, Empowering Women Out of Prison. <clears throat> it's kind of like the male version of PEP. And uh, so I, I, they were all writing me like, hey, you used to be here at Lockhart? And the the lady who's staying in 1 Delta 103 wrote me. Really? Yeah, because I told her, I said, hey, that, that cell is anointed. It's been prayed <laughs> over. And so she wrote me and she's like, I just want you to know, I'm, I'm, I'm who's living in 1 Delta 103 right now. Wow. And uh, So, yeah, so that's cool. That's a pretty cool story. So I think, who was at, who was at Lockhart first? I know I wasn't the first one. You got there and when, Paul? Uh, 2003, January 2003. When, okay. when did you get there, Reggie? I got there uh, April of 2004. Four. Okay. Right. So you came, you came and then I got there, I got there July of 2004. Okay. So, so you came so after you were the last one. I was one the last there. one there. Okay. And, um, man, I, I don't remember when we all met, you know, uh, I worked second shift chat lift, which I think you did too, right? Yes. I did too. You did. You were second. Yeah. I worked second shift chat. Lift. Where, where, where did you work? You worked in the, I, I, worked, brazing in, department? I, I worked in the brazing department, right? Water testing and all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah, I remember when they told me, hey, man, you know, you, you can go out there and get a job and, and get paid. And I was like, oh, really? You just have to have a high school degree. I'm like, well, I got a college degree. Let's go get that job. So <laughs> we we learned how to, to, to work on air conditioning yeah, parts and yeah. build air conditioning parts. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's I think that's where we initially met. Because remember, we would pray during the break. Yeah, we would have yeah. prayer call. Right, prayer we'd call, have prayer call. call. Exactly. And, and so man, all prayer the, call. The prayer call was some some neat time of fellowship, man. It was, yeah, it was, man. It's a good way to do time, you know. And I'm I like to say to all of you out there, if you're doing time now, make your time easy by inviting the Lord Jesus Christ in your life to be a part of the rest of the brothers who are believers. Yeah, because that's how we got through our time. You yeah. know, we were together on Sundays and we were together on Wednesday when we could get away from. You know, from work. So, uh, being a part of the church at Lockhart was actually a good thing. Yeah, it was some good. I mean, we keep up with Pastor Joseph. And we had a good pastor, Brother Joe. Was Paul great. Joe? Yep. He's tell, he, you, still, you go there. You yeah, go, to go to church. Church. Oh, okay. Church, yeah. Right on right. point. Ministry. Right on point. Yeah. Right. Always on point. point that brother. <laughs> Always, man. I love. I love listening to to Brother Joseph. Uh, He's a awesome. good teacher, man. Yeah. Yeah. We had some good. Um, do you guys remember, this is so bizarre, one Sunday, Brother Joe was up speaking, and one of the guards came in and said, excuse me, uh, and he called him Brother Joe. Guards don't call mm, inmates uh, brother nothing. Uh, uh, uh. He said, excuse me, Brother Joe, but you have a visit. And Brother Joe 
said something must be wrong because my family knows not to come during church time. And Brother Joe, as he walked out, he leaned down and said to me, Brother McCoy, I need you to finish the service. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you want to talk about being impromptu. Listen, I, the night before, I was laying in my in my bunk looking at Yachting Magazine. So <laughs> He caught you in, in season and out of season. Man, he caught me. And, and, and what was really funny, I kind of got up and just finished what, where he was. And uh, a couple of the guys from my dorm were in church for the first time. And they said, you and Joe planned that, man. That was too smooth of a transition. There's no way you just come out of the out of the audience and, and talk the way you did. I said, hey, man, I've been doing it all my life, man. So, uh, and, you know, I could tell you a bunch of stories about Brother Joe, but yeah. that was one of my favorite ones when he said, Brother McCoy, I need you to take over the service. I'm like, right. You, and you sound just like him when he says yeah. that. Uh, I- Brother McCoy, I need you to take. I, I I can see him saying that to you because he said the same thing to me. You know when he made parole, uh-huh. he, he said, "Brother Gum." He said, uh, "Nobody knows this yet, but I made parole, yeah, and I'm going to be leaving." And I prayed about it, and 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 God wants me to to hand the mantle over to you. And right. I said, "No, no, no. You got Marcus. You got all these other guys here. You got." And they said, oh. "I'm like, no, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be, I, I'm not gonna do that and get, get, get all them mad at me." Right? He's like they're not gonna be mad. He said, "But you know," and and I tried to have other guys up there preaching. I, I was sure wouldn't, sure didn't need to do it every week. Um, but um, but so yeah. you you integrated a lot of people, and and I had the same talk to Brother Joe, but he said something to me that really scared me. We were at rec. He said, "Come on, bro, let me soldier, soldier, let me walk with you one time." So we were walking around the rec yard, and he told me he had made parole. And he said that uh, I prayed and I prayed. I said, Lord, who's going to take over this ministry when I leave? And and your name came to my mind. But he said, God said, no, it's not going to be McCoy because he's leaving right behind you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? And sure enough, <laughs> about you, three Did you know you'd made parole at that no, point? No, I hadn't even seen parole yet. That was your first parole. No, no that was did my second parole. Second no, parole I made my okay. second parole. Right. And he said to me, you're not going to be here long. God told me. And I was like, huh? And I'm telling man, that's, you, that's what I'm talking about. When it's right on point, that's yeah. a, it's on point. It's man. on point. Because I hadn't Joe. even been, I hadn't even been coming to church that long. Right. The only reason me and I wouldn't even come in on Sunday morning when y'all were in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even coming that that sun till till I think I was in that classroom one Sunday and they came and said you have too many in here. We got to move to the gym. And so uh, the only reason I even I even started coming there because in my dorm I was I was watching football on Sunday morning. I went to Sunday night church. Right. But I didn't. I never. I wasn't even involved. But then, whenever I felt like the Lord was saying, start a, you know, ask to start a uh, Bible study on this book, Measure of a Man. Right. And I was like, okay, I got to go talk to Brother Joseph. And he says, well, they're not letting anybody start any new inmate programs right now. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I heard from God. I didn't tell Joseph this, but I knew that I'd heard from God, so it just wasn't the right time. Right. But then that was in the summer of 2005, and then and then September of 2005, he comes and. He actually falls out of place at Chatliff, stays stays till second shift gets there so he can talk to me. And he said, Brother Gum, he said, you've been on my heart, and um, I need you to know that we got a place for you for your measure of a man Bible study. Oh, okay. And that was September of 2005, okay? Right. I mean, seven months before I get out. Right. And so, of course, we didn't know when I was getting out, but uh, he said, he said, it's he goes on Sunday afternoon. I do a two to five Bible study, two to five. He said, "I'm going to give you that four to five, that time slot." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." 
okay? He's like, but it would be good if you went ahead and came to the two to four that where I teach right. so people know that you're involved. I'm like, oh. And he goes, and it would be good if you start coming to Sunday morning service too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can just see God in his ear saying, tell yeah. him to come to church yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Tell him to come. To- <laughs> that, that dude was a real pastor, man. Yeah, yeah. he was, he, man. He, was he, a was. Real he still is. He and still he had, is. He had a heart for people, man. And yeah. so it was really neat, you know, um, you know, because in my mind, you know, I wasn't a big, I wasn't a big college football fan. All right. So in my mind, as he's telling me, I got this slot for you in four to five, and then oh, I want you to come two to four. Oh, and then I want you to come ten to noon. I'm already in the back of my mind. Everybody knows me in my in my dorm one Delta. J Dan is out there at ten a.m. with his headphones plugged into that box, watching the the pregame Fox pregame show with Terry Bradshaw because right. I'm a Steeler fan, and I and I don't get up till time to go to church that Sunday night. You know, and th- and that's I mean, so then all of a sudden I'm gone, right at the beginning of football season. Right. And everybody's like, "Where's Gum? Where's Gum? What did he make parole?" He's and they church. see me. Well, then all, so I had two people from my dorm come check Bible study and church out because they're like, "If it's if it's that important where you're missing football because they were so used to seeing me just all priority football." And they came to church. And one of them came to the Bible study. Yeah. And and I was just like, "Okay. All right, God, I see what you're doing." He was changing my priorities. Taking football out of number 1. Really, it was kind of like, like God was one, and and you know football was like one point nine, <laughs> or, or, or or you know two two point nine, like right under one, like the closest you can get to without being a tie. So I can still say God's number one, but he reshift he shifted everything that year for me, and I I didn't see one Steeler game that whole year. Not one Steeler yeah, game the whole year awesome. of season two thousand five. But you are going to see one Sunday. But go ahead. That's but, that's another that's but, another stop. You know what happened that you know what happened that year. The Steelers went all the way to the Super Bowl. Big Ben. Big Ben. And and Super Bowl Sunday, I swore I'd never miss church for another game, you know, in prison. And, you know, church starts at 6. So, 5.30, right when the football, Super Bowl game's starting, I'm at, I'm at the door, ready for turnout. And everybody's like, come on, gum, it's the Super Bowl. God will let you – God doesn't – he's not going to make a difference to miss one. Right. He says, your team, your team is in the Super Bowl. And I'm like, nope, nope, I'm not I'm not giving in now. In about 545. Church has been canceled, church has been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like – and the whole dorm, all of One Delta cheered. Right. Because I wasn't going to church and I was going to get to see – the only game I got to see him play the whole year was the Super Bowl. And they won. And so, so that was that was that was a that was neat, man. Um, you and Barney Steinberg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was was he in one of y'all's? He was in my door. He was, in your, he was two Delta. Yeah. Um, man, old Barney. You know, I keep looking at your shoes, Reggie, because they're black and yellow. Uh, I know, like Steelers. So I, I like them. It's a hint of Pittsburgh. Very <laughs> little. Hey, let me let me ask y'all some questions, man. Um, so, um, if you want to ju- just share just share like a five minute version of your story and how you ended up in prison. Paul, you go first. Well, I grew up in a poor, and no, I'm just, <laughs> P-O-O-O-O. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up in a low community, low income community. And, uh, uh, my dad had his own business. And for a long time, I didn't know he was selling drugs. You know, I found out when I was like maybe 16 cause he got busted. Wow. And, uh, 
I really what, how did that impact your life at 16 i mean when you're like my dad's selling drugs yeah it's kind of like i mean well i didn't really see it like that because you know i grew up in a neighborhood where that was all going was around like, everywhere yeah. every it was you were around, around every, all the time and and but when i found out that it was you know that he got busted and it's like man you know and i didn't get numb or nothing it's just like okay all right let's go let's move on and you know brought up to just move on you know get up shake it off so right and uh i told myself i never wanted to be like him i don't ever want to be like my dad i never wanted to be like him i didn't want to do that sell drugs whatever and uh i met my first wife i got married and all of a sudden somebody planted a seed in my head hey do you know where i can get a kilo from and i told him no i don't but I did because I had my own business back then and I was selling tires and I had a guy that paid me cash money by 20, 30 truck tires and cash money. And, you know, they say plant that seed yeah. and it can either be a good one or a bad one, but it's, it eats up yeah. at you. It eats up yeah, at right. you. So, man, it took me like six months and then I told him, I said, you know what? I can't get them for you. So my very first drug deal was 15 keys. Ooh, man. So, wow. <clears throat> And I only My wanted goodness. to do one hit. I mean, one lick or whatever. You one, know, just yeah, one, one time, one time deal. You know, but it's so hard to just do it one time. I know, man. And it's like they called me for some more, and then I did it again. You know, ten keys, and then I started dispersing a key here, a key there with my family members, my cousin, whatever. Yeah. And and then I had some with a friend of mine and gave him ten keys, and he had like he had them for about two weeks. And he couldn't do nothing with them. And and he's done it. He sold them for me before. And it's like, I had to keep, keep calling him because I had the big guy calling me. Hey, everything okay? Yeah, everything's okay. Everything's okay. And I kept calling him. The friend of mine, I thought he was a friend. And he wouldn't answer me. So one day I went by his house and said, hey, I need those bricks back. If you, if you ain't going to move them. He goes, man, let me keep five because I'm going to show them to somebody. And if I need the other ones, I'll go pick them up. I said, all right. So they loaded them up in my truck. Not even my truck. I was at work, my company truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I pulled out of the neighborhood, I seen a truck pull up behind me. Mm. I said, man, I'm got. And it's like, nah, maybe I'm nervous because I got the five birds in the yeah. back, you know. So I'm going to turn right here. So I was off of McCarty. And I turned on the back street. And the truck went forward. But then I had a ranger meet me on the other end. And I said, mm. oh, shoot, I'm got. So anyway, that's how I got, got involved. And I got locked up. And I never wanted to be like my dad, but I wanted I'm just like my dad. Man. <clears throat> you know, and I'm there and it's like man and, and all of this i'm doing behind my first wife's back she didn't even know i was doing wow. it you know i left my boy and i thank god that he watched over him while i was locked up uh he's a fireman well he was a fireman now he's like a fire inspector right nice. he's got his bachelor's degree awesome. uh, so awesome. in in uh physical therapy so it's like okay cool yes. cool cool and um you know of course i went through the divorce in prison and but that's how I, I I got involved and I wound up just like him. And in every, it's like, I look at my life now and it's like, okay, I, I get busted at 37. I think that's about his age, right. 30, late thirties, early forties. He gets out of prison. He meets a, a female 20 years younger than him. I get out of prison. I meet a female 20 years younger than me. <laughs> wow. You know, he marries her. I married this girl and, you know, and, uh, but that's how I got locked up. I got involved in it. How long I, was your How long was your sentence? Eighteen years. Eighteen years. Hey, check this out. <clears throat> uh, 
they they threw 35 years at me mm. with a $250,000 restitution fee is what they called it. And uh, and that's when I surrendered my life over to God. Before I went to before I went to court or found out anything, I was, you know, going through the intake and I didn't eat. I didn't sleep for the three days I was in intake. And when I got processed and got into a cell dorm, they said, church, anybody want to go to church? So I went to church, not knowing what I was doing. The pastor was preaching, you know, God forgives you your sins or whatever, and so on and so on. Just say this prayer. I said the prayer. And, and from that point, I started trying to read the Bible. You know, sometimes you, you don't understand it. And I just started asking God and, and man, God, he started showing and working in my life. Uh, and if I need to stop, tell me, you know, but keep anyway, going. keep going. Anyway, I'm there. I'm going to court for seven months. I'm in the county. And the last time I just said, cause you know, in the county, they said, just sign your time. Cause your real time starts and so on and so yeah, on. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. <clears throat> so on the very last time I went to court, uh, I just prayed and I asked God, you know, cause they, they dropped it down from 35 to 25. And I kept telling my lawyer and I hired an attorney, but you know, it's another story. Anyway, I had to fire him cause I couldn't pay for him. So they gave me a court appointed attorney. I asked him, look, tell them, look, this is my first time. I've never been in trouble. I don't have any kind of felonies. Tell them to give me the minimum, which was 15 years for what I got caught with. He said, no, nah, no, nah, they won't do it. They won't do it because uh, the judge you got, it's he's uh, the son of Tommy Thompson. Oh, was, Sheriff Tommy Thompson. Sheriff Tommy Thompson. Right. That was his son. He was trying to make prove a point to his mm. dad or whatever. Anyway, so... I didn't sign for the 25 years, went back for the very last time. I just prayed all the way. They were taking you to court, taking you, Lord, you know me, you know what I deserve. Whatever it is you give me, I'll take it. You know, cause I won't already sign or whatever. So went. they were still giving me 25 years and I told the court appointed, Hey, um, ask the judge if he would give me the minimum year and I'll sign right now. Minimum year, I'll sign. Look, they, the guy that got busted with me, he's been down four times for the same thing and they're giving him less time than me, mm. you know, and whatever. Anyway, so uh, I'm talking to this court appointed. He goes, man, okay, let me ask. I'll ask the judge, but right now we got a sit-in judge because uh, the the judge that I had, his wife went into labor the night before mm. I went to court. Okay. So right. it's like, okay, okay. Right. So he went and, and he came back. He goes, Mr. Lana, they're giving you 18 years. So bring me the papers. <laughs> Let me sign <laughs> Bring now. me them, right? Bring me the papers. I signed it. And then I'm in the in that little holding tank. You know, hey, oh man, thank you. I'm happy, happy, happy. And everybody in there saying, you know, I'm just praising, right? And there's a, you going home? You going home? You're eight. What is it? Was it ATW? Are you ATW? I said, no, I just signed for 18 years and everybody just freaked out on me. It's like, what? And you're happy because of that? <laughs> I said, man, and it's, I started seeing how God was working. I saw God working. He moved this judge out of the way, put in a retired yeah. judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, that's the first time he made himself really known to me, you know? And, and, and in that moment, you yeah. said, uh, you said that was the time you surrendered. To your life to Christ. So when would when did that moment happen? Before or after you got that? 18? No, before. Because I was okay. locked up for. Well, I was in intake. As soon as they processed me, I was three days. Um, so it's like July, because I got busted July the 9th of two thousand two. So about three days, about the twelfth, July the twelfth. Yeah. Thirteenth, went to church, surrendered my life at, at the church service. That at night. the church okay, service. Gotcha. So gotcha. seven months later. All this is happening. All yeah. Right, perfect. So it's like, man. So you've already been walking with the Lord for seven months, mm -hmm. being discipled, 
and now you, this is your first big prayer moment where you're asking God to, to, yeah. to work on your uh, behalf, mm-hmm. and uh, and and He comes through for you. He does, man. It's... And I just love it, man. I love it because I had a friend that, that did the same thing, DWI, and they were trying to give him 25 to life because 21 years ago he had three other DWIs, and and uh, God just allowed the DA and the assistant DA that was his yes man to be on vacation. Oh wow! On the day of the court, yes. and it was it was the other assistant DA that didn't that wasn't a yes man to the DA, and the my friend's attorney just said, "Hey, they're trying to give you twenty five ag. I'm I'm going to go ask for ten, but if they give it to me, you got to sign today." And they were like, "Okay," and he called me and he said, "He said they're they're about to give me ten, and I'm going to sign it." So I went up to the courtroom, and uh, they she asked him. And he's like, I'll do it. Wow. And so he signed. They took him away right then. They made him, they, they didn't give him any more time at home. They took him away. But then and he ended up getting his first parole. Not oh, good. A 10 year DWI sentence. And he got his first parole. And he was in the process of getting his LCDC license. Mm-hmm. And he thought that that was going to ruin it. But when he got out after a year and a half, he checked on it. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah we just need to send it to you. We've got it. Wow. You got to lay it and lose it. That's a blessing. <laughs> hey, let me finish the story, man, because, I mean, God's awesome, you know. And even then when I was just a, a babe in Christ or whatever, he's like, he showed himself to me. And it's like, you know, I went in before the court, in, in the court before the judge. Hey, Mr. Landa, this and that. You know what you're being charged. No, no, they give you the spill, right, and all that. Okay, you know, you're signing for 18 years. Yes, and so she was going to hit the gavel. And the district attorney says, hold a minute. Wait a minute, Your Honor. We still have the $250,000 restitution fee that we need. Okay. 18 years, $1 restitution. That's, man. Wow. $1? So like $1. That's it. Man. So. Wow. That's a blessing, man. And, and all I prayed, all I asked God to do was give me the time he knew I deserved. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I knew I did wrong. You know, I knew I did wrong. And I said, just give me the time you think I deserve. They don't know me. You know me, you know. You know me. You know me inside and all that. I know I'm bad. I know I did wrong. But you know me. And he gave me the 18 years and the dollar restitution. And believe me not, when I got out of prison and I went to parole, I paid my dollar. I said, you make a note somewhere right there that I paid my dollar. You didn't have to do payment plan? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) My my restitution, well, actually it wasn't restitution. It was just fines and court costs. Yeah. And they gave me fines. uh, They loaded me up. I mean, I had six six or seven grand to pay fines and court costs. And and they didn't even realize, I mean, they were like, you shouldn't even have these. You wouldn't. You did two five-year sentences. You shouldn't have these fines. Right. And uh, but I did. So. Yeah, you don't need them coming back. Hey, you forgot to pay this. You know. So. They they said, hey, take pay as slow as you need to. We're okay right. with that. Just pay. And I gave Something. like I gave like five dollars a month. Like. <laughs> That's cool. And then then we got some money and paid paid the rest of it off. So. Wow. So so you uh you caught chain went to prison. Caught chain. What was your first prison. unit? uh garza west garza west garza okay west. it's cold what was what was it like for you it was terrible man it's like when we're pulling up it's like dang you finally made the big leagues mm. you know <laughs> that's what i thought were you I, scared I, were you nervous were you scared? i was nervous i was yeah. nervous and it's like man okay cool you know they put you in that chicken coop they call it the, i don't know if y'all been through the garza east or west i have chicken coop at it Gurney, was, it was K Tank, and it was had all the all the chain link fence yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it, was, it felt like a chip, uh, chicken coop. 
it was, uh, I don't remember what month, but it was cold and drizzling. They took us outside. We went inside. They took us back out. All right, everybody stripped down, Ooh. butt naked, yep. in the cold. Walked back in. That's where we shaved our hair and everything. And from there, I went to uh, Garza East, where they call Population. And from there, I went to uh, uh, Dominguez. By that time, I was okay. already, I was learning about uh, and studying about you know, the baptism and stuff like that. It's all oh, cool. I can't wait to get out of prison. I'm going to get baptized in front of my family so they could see that I made a change or whatever, or whatever, you know? And it's like, I get to Dominguez and I'm there for a week. And me and Allison went, man, we caught the chain together all the way from, oh, wow. Uh, from, wow. from, from, uh, what a guy. Ellis. Nice little cohort, I, yeah, cohort I, system. Yeah, I messed, I met him. Was it him? Yeah, yeah, it was because we kept going and we just went all the way through. We went through the walls. Wow. Anyway, I get to Dominguez and went to church and they said, oh, we're going to be baptizing this weekend or whatever. So I got baptized at Dominguez That's Unit awesome. in November 2002 or 2000. Yeah, 2002. Uh, and from Dominguez, we went to the walls unit. We made a stop and I don't can't remember the name of that unit. Uh Holiday Ferguson, I think it is. Oh, Ferguson. Okay. That man, we were in there for the whole weekend, cold, windows were broken, everything, and couldn't mm. take a bath or nothing wow. for two days. They picked us up. We went to the walls unit. And you know how you're saying earlier that God showed you favor and y'all were able to make commissary and everything at the walls? Well, we weren't. We were at the walls unit for about two or three weeks oh. and we were just stuck in the cell, you know. And man. then finally we caught chain to go to Lockhart and and it's like uh that uh parole uh, guy told you says, yeah. you know that's the only unit here in texas that that pays you to work yeah, yeah. and you know my family everybody in my family my brothers and stuff except my younger siblings they've been locked up gone to prison never mm, heard of my wow. dad's been to prison twice i've never heard of a prison that you can work and get paid yeah and i can tell you i'm seeing god work because by that time i was already divorced in the county and i had child support to pay and i told the lawyer look i don't want to get out of prison and have a 20 thousand dollar child support bill well i can put you make minimum wage on the paper i said oh, i'll do that so okay so i'm already a year behind in child support i get the lock card find out they pay so i said okay cool 20 percent to child support yeah right. that's yeah, so to my great. books and 60 percent to the unit but you know by the time i got out of prison because i was making 8 17 an hour yeah, in the yeah, tour yeah. room yep by the time I got out, I was $2,000 ahead on my child support. Nice, so nice. A, it's a blessing. A blessing, big blessing, man. man. God really blessed me big time. And in, in, uh, it's like, in, in, I mean, I can tell you some other stories. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Reggie, <clears throat> how did you end up at Lockhart, man? Mr. Mr. Man, Dr. I, Reggie, I pharmacist ended, Reggie? I ended up at Lockhart because I heard they had great barbecue. <laughs> no, I, um, <laughs> seriously. They I, do have pretty good barbecue there. They do. I um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Uh, both both parents were there working hard, teaching us the golden rule. Took us to church, took us to Sunday school, and you know we grew up in church. Yeah. And uh, uh, at an early age, I say around eighth or ninth grade, I told my parents I wanted to be a pharmacist. We had a pharmacy in the neighborhood on 69th and Halsted, and uh, I just admired that man because he was like a doctor in the neighborhood. Uh, so eventually I came to Houston, went to pharmacy school, uh, graduated. And then I was working at the university of Texas Then eventually went out on my own and opened up a pharmacy with two other guys. 
And then I had another pharmacy uh, over on the northwest side of town. Well, one thing that I learned early in the independent pharmacy business is that there's always some drugs floating around on the black market somewhere that you could buy at a discounted rate. And, and we all know that in business, profit is what makes the business work. So I learned early that uh, pharmacies, and I'm not saying all pharmacies do this, but a lot of them are aware of this. You have runners that work at different places. They work at other pharmacies. They'll bring you two or three bottles of things that uh, you can sell and make a profit on it. Well, unfortunately, I, I met a guy who could get tons of this stuff. Mm. And uh, I could never buy it from him because couldn't afford it. I didn't need it all. Well, I met I met some guys uh, who told me they were missionaries and uh, they needed drugs to take over to the mission field. And uh, to this day, the district attorney never bought the story, but that's actually how the story went. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, later on, I found out they weren't missionaries, <laughs> but that's how they attracted me. Absolutely. That so, was their bait. Right. So they gave, they give me a list of drugs and I look at the list and there's no narcotics on it, you know, no cough syrup, no painkillers, no, no, uh, no Xanax, nothing that, that's abused in Texas and right. Kentucky and all these other places. It was stuff like Tylenol, uh, insulin, real, nothing, ulcer medication. I, so I told him, I said, hey, I can get this stuff and, and this is what I pay for it. He said, well, it's a little bit too high, but if you ever get it cheap, let us know. And that was it. But he brought up a good point. When, when a seed is planted yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're able to water that seed and mm -hmm. think about it and then nurture that seed. Well, I thought about the guy who always had too much stuff and I, that I couldn't afford. And he called me and he says, hey, man, I got a case of uh, Acupril, 48 bottles. I said, man, I can't afford that. He said, well, I'll give you a good deal on it. And right away I thought about the the missionary guys, quote unquote missionary guys. And I called them, and that's how we started doing a black market drug interchange. I would buy from one guy and sell to these guys, and I later found out they were uh, doing illegal wholesale stuff, sending it to other wholesalers. They were mm. buying it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was making a profit, and they were making a profit. And so over the three, three to four-year period, it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And what happens is when it's too big, I think God tells us, you know, yeah, yeah. you need to slow it down. And and one night the guy called me and he said to me, uh, I need to come by and see you. I got a really big deal. And I was like, okay, can you tell me? I don't want to talk on the phone. So I'm already nervous. I've never, he's, he's never <laughs> talked to me that way. Yeah. And he shows up with uh, 1,500 bottles of Cipro. At that time, Cipro was about $570 a bottle. So you do the math on yeah. that. 1,500 times five. It's it's almost a million bucks. Yeah. And I said to him, hey, man, somebody's looking for this. No, nah, they're not looking for it. There's plenty of it. And sure enough, I was able to sell it to the same people I've been selling to. And uh, they never had a problem paying me. Whenever I took them drugs, they paid me. They paid me. But this time there was a problem. So he had to bring somebody else in from New York to help pay. Turns out the guy from New York was wearing a wire. Mm. They had gotten on to him. And then uh, uh, 
the guy that I've been knowing those all these years, he was wearing a wire. Wow. I later found that out when I went to court because uh, when I was at his office that night when he didn't have the money, uh, he walked me out to my car and I could hear the freeway when my attorney gave me the tapes from the mm. district attorney. Wow. And I had to call my attorney. I said, hey, man, the guy I've been selling to was wearing a wire too. So, uh, and, and you know what? The crazy part, my story's a little different from Lino. I was very active in church, even while... You know, a reprobate mind is dangerous because mm -hmm. you can still be active in church. You can still think you're serving the Lord and you're doing this little, just a little gray area. And man, it blew up on me. And uh, before I knew it, uh, I was in a jail cell. And my story uh, is kind of like Lino's. I was at, at my pharmacy one day and these two guys came in and they says, hey, man, can you recommend a vitamin for a guy over 50? So I came from behind the counter like I always do, and I recommended him a Centrum Silver. And he said, thanks. And he went up there and bought it. So that night when I left the pharmacy, I was driving on uh, Highway 16, and I saw I saw a car waving at me, and they waved. I was in a little convertible car. I don't want to talk about it because it's no big deal. It was, uh, was ill-gotten gains. And uh, they waved at me. Then I got on uh, Beltway 8. I saw the same two guys. They were waving at me again. <laughs> so then I get to a big, looks like a huge accident up ahead. Police lights. And I'm, and my first thought was, God, I hope nobody's hurt, man. I hope everybody's okay. So when I get up there, I'm like, it's not even an accident. And like four of the cars pulled out behind me. Pull over, pull wow. over, sir, pull over. And uh, <clears throat> so are you Reginald McCoy? Yeah. And, and then I knew <laughs> when they call you by your full name. Yeah, yeah. So, and then the guys who had been waving at me pulled up. And the first thing they said to me was, hey, how are you doing? You remember us? I said, yeah, you were in the pharmacy today. You bought the Centrum Silver. He said, did you know we were coming? I said, yeah, I, I knew you were coming at some point. So uh, that's, that's when the craziness started. And, uh, of course, uh, they offered me some time, and I wasn't going to sign for any time. Uh, I had never been in trouble before, you know, uh, they even had me on tape when they were, when they were wearing the wire saying, I'm a church boy from Chicago, man. I don't, I don't do this kind of stuff, you know, but I was right there in the middle doing it. So, so, uh, we go, uh, I get, my attorney tells me, he says, look, you're going to jail. Just prepare yourself. We're not going to fight this. You, you're going to plead guilty, and then we're going to let the jury give you your time. But you are going to jail. He says, now I will tell you this. You won't be gone long, but you have to go to jail. And I was like, oh, my God. Because I was thinking I'd get probation the first time. They had found a case in New York where a pharmacist was doing the same thing, and he got probation. Didn't work out for me like that. And then I met with the federal prosecutor, and he said to me, if you get probation... I'm going to get you some federal time. So he just told me to go down to the uh, you know, state court, plead guilty, and get it over with. So that's what I did. Now the jury came back, and my family was in the, in the room. The jury came back, and they said, uh, Mr. McCoy, please stand. Uh, we hereby sentence you to 22 years Man. in the Texas Department of Corrections. And I had a, I had a real out-of-body experience. Yeah, I was like, Twenty-two years. I didn't kill anybody. You know, I bought stolen pharmaceuticals, but I didn't kill anybody. But when they mount all the evidence against you, 
and and let me just say this: I knew what I was doing was wrong. Yeah. But if you do wrong for so long, you become comfortable with doing yeah. wrong. Desensitizes right. you. Right. Yeah. And when I look back on some of the stuff that I did, I was like, man, how could you do stuff like that? <laughs> but man, quick money, quick money, quick yeah. money. It, it it just piles up. And then money, this is one thing I learned about money. Money doesn't change people. They say money change. It makes you more of what you already are. Yeah, I agree with that. It doesn't change you. Yeah. If you're, if you're a jerk, you're a bigger jerk if you get money. If you're nice, you're even nicer because money doesn't it just makes you allows you to be more of who you are so anyway uh 22 years uh and i go into the waiting room like you did i wasn't saying hallelujah (laughs) i wasn't saying thank you jesus i was like man are you kidding me i had a daughter that was in ninth grade i had a son that was in in fourth grade it was insane yeah i had my son he was in uh he was seven he was in third second grade i think yeah yeah and and, and the thing that the thing that really helped and i knew i know that god allowed me to be blessed throughout this entire situation because i deserve to go to jail there's no doubt about that yeah i don't have a problem with that I, i'm like you Lino. lord give me what i i deserve to punishment but the way he blessed my family while i was gone my daughter came to visitation in the county, and she says, "Don't worry, Daddy. I got this. while you're gone?" And I, I'm looking. She's 14 years old. Wow. And I'm like, "Does she really know that I'm not coming home today? This is real. I'm. I hadn't even left for TDC." And she says, "I, I, I Daddy, we're gonna do this. Don't worry about it." And it's really crazy. I fast forward today. She's uh, she's a, uh, she's an amazing individual. Uh, and she would tell me even when she would come see me, every prison I went to, my family came to see me. Mm. She'd always say, Daddy, I'm doing good. I got this. I got, I got this. Yeah. So, and today she's a, she's an anesthesiologist. She, yeah. went, she went to medical school with UT and she just really. I'm, and I'm know, thankful for her now more than ever because it, it gets you to Dallas more. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but it, you never know what effect it has on your family when you go to prison. Yeah. It's not always a positive effect. Yeah. You know, I hated to see my mom come into the visitation room, man. It was so tough. And 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 one of the things it makes me cry. Like you, I was at Garza East. And I, I told my mother, I said, Don't come down here. I'm fine. I'd write her, Mom, don't come to don't come to Texas. I'll be out in a little while. She just had to come down to, to Garza East and see me. So I go out in the visitation room and I see my mom sitting there. And I walk over to her and she hugs me and she says to me, I am so proud of you. Mm. It just destroyed me, man. I said, wait a minute. She should be smacking the mess out of me. She says, I am so proud of you. And it made me realize the love of a mother. There's nothing like love of a mother. Oh man, you're not kidding, bro. Listen, so it was a it was a tough moment for me, but she got back on track in about because it was a four hour visit. Yeah, because she was so far away. So she said to me, "You know, I read I read about what you did in the newspaper. 
and you only bought me a Honda. You should have bought me a Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love mama. I didn't know you had all that money. You should, you bought me. I was bragging everybody. You, oh, my son bought me a brand new Honda. You should have bought me the biggest Lexus they made. <laughs> and, oh, and, that and, is great. And, and that's the love of a mother. But I will say this, and I don't want to keep you guys much longer, but on a 22-year sentence... I did three years. Yeah, you didn't do very much long time on that. The words of my attorney, Mike Hinton, spoke true. He said to me, you got to go, but you're not going to be gone long. And he was so accurate. Three years and 16 days. And you you hired a a pro lawyer. I did hire a pro lawyer. Is it Lori Redman? Lori Redman. I I, think she's retired now. Yeah, I remember when you were telling me and, and you actually said that you said to her, now listen, um, you're my lawyer, but God is gonna God is gonna exactly. be the one that lets me out or doesn't let me out. Right. That's what I told her. And I think you said I'm I'm giving this money to God, not to you. That, exactly. You're, That's you're, what I told her. I just thought that was the neatest yeah, thing. I didn't want to put doing. my faith in an attorney, but I was and and my daughter kept saying, Hey, if you don't get home from a high school graduation, you can come be here because I'm going to college. So I, I got home. For her high yeah, school graduation. Yeah, that's so good, man. Yeah, I was able to stand out. You got out in February of 2006, right? Uh, March. March? March 06, yeah. yeah. You got out just before I did. Yeah. So so it was, you know what? I, I tell you something, man. All throughout, and, and you know, if we all had to really share everything in our story, we'd be here for days. Yeah. But God was with me all the way through. i never forget my pastor came down, David Allen. Pastoral visits were on Wednesdays. Yeah. So we would meet in the library. And you know how Lockhart was. Everybody's nosy. They see you in the library. <laughs> and they said, oh, McCoy's down there talking to the feds, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. talking to the feds. And so when I got back, I said, who's that federal agent? I said, man, that's my pastor from my church, man. <laughs> what are you talking about the feds? So so when I left uh, in March 06, you know how you sit on the bench up front in Lockhart? Yeah, yeah. And some dudes were walking by from one side. Hey, man, are you McCoy? I heard you only did three on a 22 God bless you, man. I was like, hey, man, yeah, yeah, you know my name. I'm, you know, I'm going home. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a celebrity, and uh, but I tell you what, we we just had great, great uh, grace going through our prison experience. Lockhart was a was a safe haven for for yeah. us, I think. Yeah, for a lot of us there. When yeah. We were there. yeah, yeah. To to be able to go to church, to be able to work. What and, what and, are what are some ways you guys grew in the Lord while you were at Lockhart? I I think I grew in leadership. I think that mm, I think good. that uh, it allowed me to to mentor other people, particularly in my dorm. We had guys who, man, why y'all go to church every Sunday, man? These are the same guys who were saying, why y'all go to work every day? <laughs> yeah. You know, you got. <laughs> but it, it 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 allowed me to see how God can bless you in the midst of your punishment. Can you mm. imagine getting mm. blessed and punished at the same yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. That's the God we serve, man. He can turn the punishment into the blessing. Exactly. Because he works exactly. all things together for your good. For your good. Exactly. To them who are called and love God according to. Th- so uh, that's good leadership. I like that. Yeah. Whether it was forced on you or not. Hey, can you go finish the sermon? Uh, <laughs> Paul, what about you, man? How, how did you, uh, how, what, what did the Lord use to grow you during that time? Ser- servitude. Okay. Serving. Yeah. Helping. I was always there. You were, man. You were a set up. You were setting up. Man, That's right. Down, yeah. Paul was the there, church, man. Tearing it down. Man, you were, bro. You know, it's like, I think Hill was there with me on the side. Uh, first one's there, trying to put the chairs up. Last one's gone. 
right. putting all the chairs up, sound system, getting everything ready, the mics and all that. And uh, I came out and, you know, I started helping Brother Joel serve. You know, I, I had I had fallen. Uh, and I, and I want to say this to you guys, whoever's listening, that, uh, you know, when I made parole, a lot of the brothers in Lockhart, you got it. Are you strong? Yeah, I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm strong. I got it. You know, cause I've been serving the Lord for six years. Cause I was locked up for six years. Mm. Yeah, I got it. I got this. I got this. I got this. But man, you guys, y'all need to be ready, 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 ready. Because the enemy is going to come no matter what. That's right. You know, I think I served the Lord for maybe a year when I got out going to church. I, I couldn't find, you need to find a good, faith-based church that speaks the truth when you get out of prison wherever you're at find one because if you don't find one the enemy's going to come in that's yeah. what happened i believe yeah. i couldn't find me a church that treated me like we treated each other when we were locked yeah. oh, no that was yeah, a yeah. unique church yeah. man yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. i couldn't find it anywhere so eventually i started stumbling and falling met my second wife got you know started having sex out of wedlock we had my daughter out of wedlock mary and and you know just living how i used to live before you know and it's like i didn't get back in the drug game though because that's one thing i said i'd never do again but anyway you know find a good strong church because if you don't it's it's gonna happen i used to always say community is important right but the right community the right yeah, is exactly. more important yes exactly because even the gangs understand community even the that's even why the, they're so successful. Yes, yeah, even yeah. secular secular society understand that's why there's clubs, right? You know, that's why there's uh, meetups and the different yep. things. So the secular world understands community. The devil understands community, right? You know, and uh, and so I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, because it's important, man. Because we have a friend, Matt. You remember Matt Ayers mm -hmm. from the Lockhart Work Facility? Uh, Matt, what's up, Matt? And what's was, up, Matt? Hey, Matt, what's Matt, up, buddy? What's up? I was going to ask you about him earlier, but yeah. Yeah, but he, he, same thing, same thing with him. He fell, you know, and, and he got, you know, hanging around the wrong crowd and, and got out of the right community, you know, and, right. and ended up getting, uh, um, you know, heading back in, you know, and he's been in there 10 years and, and, uh, probably got to do at least one more, you know, but we're believing God's going to bring him home yeah. this next time. But so, so I brought that up to say that, um, I already I lost my line. I mean, I lost my train of thought anyway. Uh, I got out. You got to find you a strong church to hang yeah. around in because if you don't, it's like Jay's saying, is uh, the community. It's got to be the right community, a good right. community, Christian brothers, you know, Christian family. Uh, I'm right. attending a church right on Point Ministries where our pastor was Brother Joseph. He locked was locked up with, up with us, us. Lockhart, yeah. And he's got his own church now, and 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 he's my pastor. Right. And you know, when COVID hit, it's like my marriage, my second marriage, because we had gotten married because one of her friends. Uh, started talking to her about Jesus and she started attending church. She surrendered her life over to the Lord mm -hmm. and she kept trying to bring me back. Come on, come on. No, no, no. There I go again. No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Finally, God touched my heart. Went, we went, went to church. We got married, had our second son. Uh, and then COVID hit and we started going through problems and we've got a divorce and it's like, I called on brother Joe after 20 years. I think I mm. hadn't seen him, you know, 20 years. And it's like, I just, God put him on my heart, text him. So I text him. What's up, bro? Hey, what's up? 
I need a place to call home. Mm. I need a place to worship. And I need a place to fellowship. He goes, come on, I need you. So I get there. I will go on a Wednesday. I had my kids with me. My, me and my wife were separated at the time and we went and, and it's like God just broke me down. But, you know, I started crying. My babies are rubbing my face. It's okay, dad. It's okay. My little one's over here. This, my daughter's. And, you know, I'm at church and Joe prays for me. He prays and so on and so on. But you, we have to be strong. Yeah. Right. And we have to find someone that's going to love you. I mean, Brother Joe loves everybody. He does, man. That guy, he's awesome. His wife, Matilda, she's awesome as well. But you have to find a place where you're going to feel loved, accepted, and find a place where you're going to be strong because the Word of God says iron sharpens iron, and we are sharpening each other yeah. to yeah. be strong so we don't fall. Yeah, we still have our mistakes. I still fall. But also the Word says, hey, the righteous man falls seven times, but we get back up. We have yeah. to get back up because we stay down. We're gonna lose it. Yeah, right. you know. And I'm at that point right now to where like it's just stay strong, stay yeah. strong, stay strong. God's got your back. Life is already hard enough when you are around the right community. Right. But what happens is when you when you when you have those weak moments and you're in the right community and you fall and you decide you don't want to be around community because you're embarrassed, ashamed, whatever. You know, it's it the guilt is just. And you, you feel like you don't even, you're not even worthy to be around people. But if you're around the right community, they're going to know what to do to, to help you get back up. Right. The right community will that, whether it's just a hand, whether it's just a hug, whether it's just a crying with you, whether it's whatever it is, the right community is going to facilitate your getting back up after you fall. Yeah, right. And that's the one things we teach the guys in the, our, our transitional house. I'm like, look, we ain't perfect here and you're going to mess up. But what we're here for is is to help you respond the right way to your mess up. Right. Not react, respond. The devil wants your reaction. God wants yeah. your response. Right. And there's a difference between a reaction and a response. Exactly. I'm glad you said that because, you know, uh, about a year ago, about a year ago, yeah, last year, my wife, ex-wife, we're divorced now, you know, we'd still hang out have sex out of wedlock again, you know, it's like, man, and then I'd stop missing, stop going to church for a few Sundays, you know, a lot of Sundays, and it's like, man, I need to go, I need to go, I need to go, I need to go to church, I need to go, but then it was holding me back was the shamefulness, yeah. how can yeah, I go yeah. back if I've already missed so many Sundays, what what are the brothers and sisters going to say, what's Brother Joe going to say, one Sunday I got up, and I just laid down, and I was in my bed, and I said, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go, and it's like, Nah, you don't have to go. You don't have to go. And I don't know. It was like pff, a quarter to 12. I jumped up. I said, no, I'm going. Mm. Got up. So good. Got to church late. Sat down for about 15 minutes. <laughs> Telling you, Brother Joe and the church, <laughs> they're awesome. It's like Blockheart, man, Brother Joe. I knew. I asked God, you're coming. I knew you are coming today. Thank you, bro. Don't feel like. You're don't feel like we're going to let you go. We love you here. Yeah. Everybody here at the church. And, and, you know, Brother Joe has a small church. Yeah. He goes, but everybody here respects you. Yeah. You know, because, and he keeps telling us this. He goes, when we started this church, I kept, I keep praying and I ask God, give us, send us people with the heart to build. And when I first started going back there two, three years ago, I was serving. 
That was me just serving, serving. Mm -hmm. I started bringing my daughter wanted to take donuts one day. So we took donuts and we did it for a long time, bringing donuts every Sunday for the, for, right. for the church, you know, mm -hmm. coffee, bought a coffee pot and so on. And he was like, but last year it's like, I, I fell again, but you know what? I got back up and, and, and the shameful part of, of, of me, my inside was telling me, no, you don't need to go. You don't need to go. Why are you going to go over there? And they're just going to look at you like, you know, and, and you know, God is so good. Mm, yeah. God is so good because even, I think it was the following Sunday, even though I had missed so many Sundays and I got this church that last, that first Sunday I went back. The following Sunday, Brother Joe goes, and we're going to have Brother Paul close us out in prayer today. Yeah, it's like, yes. <laughs> That's exactly. So it's like. Same way. McCoy, can you yeah. finish this uh, sermon for me? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that, man. But, man, that. I'm telling you, God That's is awesome. awesome. Man. God yeah. is awesome. God has put us together for a reason. I mean, we don't see each other like we were talking about earlier, but that community. Yeah keeps us bonded and, and you know what i heard of, i heard someone say a long time ago and we you know sometimes we quote people and but he said a good friend a good brother you don't have to talk to them every day but boy when you guys finally do catch up yeah it could be two yeah. three four yeah. years later you don't miss a beat <laughs> yeah i know man. you don't absolutely and, and in that vein lino I know you don't you don't go by Lino no more. I love you as Lino. I love That's you. Awesome. I, I love hey. you as Pav. Whatever you want me to love you, I love you. Just, but I have to I have to share a lighter note about this guy. Oh man, man, listen. When we would go to rec at Lockhart, his his his, his we played basketball two on two. Three of the guys came from the same dorm. It was Lino, uh, Ellison. Mm -hmm. Furby, Furby is a guy Furby. from Furby's a guy from, guy from the yeah. valley. He's from El Paso. He may be what five two, maybe yeah, at the most. So they put Furby with me, and Furby and I would play. We would play uh, Lino and Ellison two on two. Oh man! And listen, man, you have not seen a football game as rough as our basketball games. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you and Ellison ever beat us. No, I don't think we did. And 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 Furby said, man, we can never let Ellison and Lino beat us. So we didn't. <laughs> and and if you guys could see Ellison, this dude was a physical specimen. Oh, yes. yeah, man. He was yeah. huge. Yeah. Bodybuilder type. God yeah. rest his soul, man. He's no yeah. longer with us. But that was the most fun. I used to just look forward to going to wreck. I'd see Lino and Ellison. We'd be looking out the window. Y'all turning out for wreck? Okay, we'll see y'all. <laughs> and those, one time, Brother Joe said to me, hey, brother, I, I saw y'all playing basketball. Y'all play kind of rough over there. Be careful. <laughs> I don't want y'all fighting each other now. We, we, nah. you know, we brother. I said, Brother Joe, it's all in fun. He said, I couldn't tell. <laughs> I said, y'all play hard out there. But that's I, funny. That's but, funny. But I think that's the bond that 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 God Christ gives us, you know, even though we're playing rough, because, you know, man, if it would have been anybody oh. else, we would have probably been throwing <laughs> Oh, no. You know. Listen, we would hurt each other, knock <laughs> yeah, each other down, yeah. and, and we'd laugh at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so we knew what it was, yeah. So, yeah. so It, it so. wasn't like the basketball tournament. Yeah. No, oh, right. <laughs> the tournaments were, were pretty bad. Oh, man. So, man. you know, I think, uh, and you know, I thank God for putting you guys in my life, man. Mm. It's and, awesome. I mean, it's like. Ditto. It's like McCoy just said, Reggie just said, you know, we don't miss, miss a beat. When I just, I mean, I hadn't seen Jay and I don't know how long. It's like, we didn't miss a beat. So, yeah. like, we've, we've been hanging out together all this time, yeah. you know. It's like, but it's awesome. It's got, it's awesome that God has us like that, puts us together. And then, and, 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 and we can just 
continue where we left off yeah. two, three, right. four years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. And, and let me just say this. Us being together speaks volumes about our characters. There are a lot of people we were inside with that we never want to see again. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We just don't. I'm not saying they're bad people, but there's some people, you know, you yeah, don't hang yeah, out yeah. with everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, and for us to be in his wedding. Yeah. And, and let me just say this as a side note. The chaplain from our from our unit at yeah. that time showed up for Jay's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you can't even write a story uh, like that. Yeah. Tucson. Tucson, Chaplain, Chaplain Tucson. Tucson. Yeah. Tucson. Tucson. I'm like, what is she doing yeah. here at the yeah. wedding? Yeah, that was awesome. And speaking about not wanting to see other guys when you get out of prison, man, you know, people knew I was going to start working at my cousin's tire shop, and I had one guy come in from Louisiana. <laughs> Can you mount this weed in this tire for me? <laughs> get out of here, dude. I don't yeah. want nothing to do with drugs anymore. I don't blame get you. Get out of here, man. He, he was trying to sow a seed. <laughs> he was trying to sow a seed. Yeah, inside of a tire. He He's sure like, was, yeah. So no, 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 no. Oh, Get out of here. Man, those basketball tournaments were crazy. They were. Did you play in the tournaments, Lino? No, I didn't play in the tournaments. Ooh, I, don't think, I don't think I did. We only had our tournaments. Yeah, we had our little two-on-two, man. That was – Yeah. We used to look – Sunday nights? Oh, man. Can't, we can't let them win, Furby. It was hard. On our on one side, uh, outside rec, it was pretty tough to get into the – Oh, it was get, hard, yeah. In, uh, even onto the court uh, because there were so many basketball players on one side – and uh and it was it was tough and then you know um when you're when you're a white guy trying to trying to sneak in out there right. you don't get picked up too quickly uh because it, don't they say white guys can't jump yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and i can't but i can shoot and i can pass no jake uh, was a good player man and and, and it's funny because i go from like you go from not getting picked to finally like you're like no i got up right now i ain't getting picked anymore i got next right i'm picking and then nobody wanted me to pick them. They're like, oh, I'll, I'll skip this game. And I'm like, come on, somebody play with me. Right. And then as soon as, you, as soon as you play, then they're like, oh, I got Bird. Yeah. I got Bird on my yeah. team next time. They, now they're calling me Larry Bird. Larry Bird. And, uh, you know, and, they, and then I never had to sit out ever again. Right. You know, but uh, but the tournaments got pretty. Yeah, one good. side had some really good players. Yeah, they did. Did you do that Larry Bird move? <laughs> yes, I did. I was like going to, going yeah. to the hoop. And yeah. That. Man, Lockhart, man, Lockhart was yeah. – And the fact that we passed a street sign mm -hmm. on the way here. That's a sign. That says Lockhart. Yeah. It's like – I don't know what I it know. means, but it I means something. Yeah. <laughs> it means that's the name of the street. <laughs> it means we're not going back for yeah. sure. Because, because, because they, they changed the name of the unit to Coleman. It's not Lockhart anymore. Yeah. So, you know, Lockhart doesn't exist anymore. But it, it exists on that street sign, and it exists in this room here, tonight. Yeah. You know, and so – uh, well, man, I, I, you've already said it, but I, I thank God for, for both of you guys. And um, you, you guys, I learned a lot from you guys. Thank you. You know, at, at Lockhart, you know, and uh, y'all helped me grow at Lockhart. And I, I, that's what I loved about us. You know, I, I remember I remember back there being in the brazen room with you talking about golf and baseball. And, right. And, and you were even doing your golf swing in yeah, prison. I, I used to take that 22-hour <laughs> header, man, and work on my golf swing, man. And then, I mean, I, first time I played with you out here, I thought you would be pretty good because of all the, the air practice you got in, <laughs> in prison. But you, you weren't that good. You were kind of just barely better than me. Right, right. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, but I I thank God for you guys. Uh, thank you once again for being a part of my wedding. Uh, that meant the world to me that you would carve out time, two days to drive up to to our wedding, and uh, and be a part of it and, and to stand and thanks, by me. Thanks for having us at your wedding. And, yeah. and let me tell you about Jay's mom. I call her Mama Gum. She treated us like we were her own children. Mm -hmm. 
even the other day I said to her on Facebook, because she does little stuff on Facebook, I said, I love you, Mama Gum. And she said, she said back to me, I love you, my dear son. <laughs> I was like, wow. If she'll claim me on social media, she'll claim me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, man, hey, listen, before we close it out, man, I just want you guys to look into your cameras and, um, you know, talk to the talk to the people that are actually still behind bars. Encourage them, lift them up, give them a word, something, but then also speak to the ones that are out. Okay. And 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 give them a word because we've all fallen in some sure. in some way. Yes. In some way, being out. I mean, I, I fell into an anger issue for two or three years, solid man. Anger with the transitional house guys. Anger at my house with the family, and I had to. Man, I had to. I, I went into a twelve step faith based twelve step recovery program for my wow. anger. You know. Right. And so, uh, so just give a message to the ones behind bars still. You know, and then uh, and then and then the ones that are out here that have made parole that may maybe maybe struggling, you know, because we're all struggling with something. Right. And just and just let's just close it out that way. And then after that, we'll pray. OK, Paul, why don't you go first? Um, For the guys that are still behind bars, we've been there. Um, And I just want to touch on something else that Reggie said that. Uh, you know, of course, we need God in our life. Uh, he's the only one that's going to help us. But one thing that I did while I was locked up, because you hear all these guys say, oh, this is prison time. We got to do prison time. We got to do a prison time. And, 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 and they're always complaining because it's bad or whatever. But I kept my mind focused on getting out, finding a job, getting back where I left off, which I never got back where I left off, but getting out, finding a job, taking care of my son because I had a seven-year-old son when I got locked up. And that's what kept me from living that prison life. Yeah. And even when I got out, I never felt like I was locked up just by right. having that mindset, you know? <clears throat> so you guys think like that, prepare yourselves, get ready and know that you need that community. Like we've been talking about all night that you need to find you a strong community, a strong church, a good loving church. That's going to help you to survive out here when you do get out. And then I guess for the ones that aren't locked up and then out that are out here and in the free world, as we called it, uh, we, we need God in our life. Yeah. We need God because he's going to direct us. We need to trust in him always, no matter what. And I know sometimes it's hard because I go through that. It's hard. And I have to remind myself every minute, every day, every night, God's got my back. He's got our back. He loves us. He allowed his son to die for us, for me, for you, for Reggie, for everybody out there. That's how much he loves us. Mm. And we have to continue just to look for him. God is always faithful, even though when we're not, we're not faithful and we fall short or whatever, but God is always there to pick us up. And I just. Amen. Keep that one scripture in my mind when I do yeah. fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The righteous fall seven times, but we got to get back up because we are righteous in the eyes of God because we're covered by the blood of the Lord, of the Lamb, of, the, of Jesus, you know? Yeah. When God looks down on us, he sees his son's blood on us. And that number seven, 
um, what is it? It means perfection. Yeah, yeah. And per to me, when I read perfection, complete. when I read that scripture, it says the 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 righteous man falls seven times. To me, it's like, and this is how I just kind of translate it or trying to just put it in my mind is that we're going to continue to fall until the perfection of the Lord comes and gets us or takes us away or, you know, however we're going to go. Um, but we got to get up. Yeah. We have to get up because he gives us the strength and we have to continue to focus on him and look at him and just focus and focus and focus so and stay good. focused on him because he's going to keep us out of this. And remember this, that he always has your back. He never leaves us never forsakes us he's always there for us so good yes you know uh to tag on that get, getting back up um there's a saying you don't drown by falling in the water you drown by staying there that's right <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> so, good so get back up get back get up back reggie up. reggie look into the camera and talk to the, the men and women behind bars i'd like to say to the men and women behind bars first of all through faith and through the, 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 the grace of God. I, I love you guys because we're a fraternity because we've been through what you're going through. That's right. Uh, so don't feel isolated. That's one of the big things in prison. People feel isolated, but we're, we all are going through and have been through the exact same thing. And what you need to do is realize that, Hey, I'm there. I'm going to make the, the most of it. If you don't have a GED, get your GED. Yes. If you can't read, no shame. Learn to read. Learn to read. If you have some issues with your family, you need to straighten it out. Start writing those letters and says, hey, I'm sorry for what I did wrong. I understand why you guys are not coming to see me. And I understand. Apologize. Become a bigger person and learn to realize that the things that we did, God has forgiven us. Quit beating yourself up. Mm, so good. I don't beat myself up anymore because God has forgiven. You know, sometimes I'll see people I haven't seen in 20 years. They'd be like, oh, we thought you. No, 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 no. God has forgiven me. I've been to prison. I've done my time. I'm not going to beat myself up. Don't have a pity party. One of the things I remember at Garza West, they showed us a video of a guy who was in prison. And he said every morning he would sing to himself. Zippity doo da, zippity day. Oh Lord, what a wonderful day. Learn to encourage yourself. Yes. There's not a lot of positive things in prison. Everybody's negative. Everybody's trying to bring you down. No, you stay positive. You stay focused. Do your best and stay out of trouble. Don't argue with people. It hurts your parole chances when you have all those cases on your record. Hmm. And I'm telling you to those who are already out, just getting out, try to find, like Jay said, and like Lino said, a good church, a good community, even beyond the church. Hang with people at work. Don't try to reinvent the wheel and do what you did last time and you end up back in there. That's where recidivism is so high. You think, okay, I'm gonna sell, I'm gonna sell it different this time. This time mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it this way, mm -hmm. or this time I'm just gonna do it by I'm myself. I'm just not gonna dr drive this time when right, I drink. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, we went through it. I think one day in jail is too many days. Let alone, and, and, and I want to share this with you: the way you conduct yourself when you go to parole, when you get out, it can shorten your time. Amen. I was a, I was a saint. 
when I went to my parole office, they always had clean urinalysis, and they gave me an early release. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I'm right here too. Yeah. You just, too. Yeah. Early release. Early release. Man, come on, guys. Sorry. Yeah. When I got out, twelve years on parole. I was off on uh, six years. Man. Early release. Early release. Hey, Reggie, I want you to look into the camera because there's some people out there that, like you, know what they did was wrong and uh, don't have a mama right. to, that, that, that can say uh, their mom has disowned them right. or their mom has passed. But look to them and look at them and tell them what your mama told you. You want to make me cry again. But. First of all, I, I, every time I tell that story, I cry because I didn't want my mom coming inside of a prison wall to see me. You know, just like, you know, Tupac said, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. Those are true words, you know, because there we were in Lockhart, I'm sorry, in Garza East, Beeville, Texas, hugging each other and crying. And I was so embarrassed because I hadn't seen her in, in over a year I used to see my mom at least once, once or twice uh, a year, and because uh, she was in Chicago and I was here. And when she finally came to see me in prison, I didn't want to go out, but when I went out, she hugged me and she said, "I am so proud of you." And I thought to myself, "That's the craziest thing she could say to me," but she really turned on my tear machine, and I just. I said I wasn't going to cry. At, uh, she sowed a seed. She, oh, she was sowing a seed. She sowed a seed, and and every unit I went to, she she found her way down here. So I I want to say to you guys, if you don't have moms and dads in your lives, when you get in a good church, you will get adopted by so many great yeah. seniors who you can Shy. call mom and dad. And remember, God is all of our father. And I'm telling you, he will put people in your life that will make you feel the love. But you have to give love mm. to get love. Yeah. Don't be so tough. Don't be so, I'm doing my time. No, no. Don't do your time like that. Get involved in the ministry in prison. Get involved in the other social things that they have going on. Go to rec. We had guys that didn't even want to go to rec. Oh, rec is for chumps. Come on, man. Don't be so silly. Yeah. Don't let the devil trick you like that. And I'm telling you, there's good things on this side. I love this big rec yard. This is one of the greatest rec yards. <laughs> Listen. We, this, we played golf today on the we, rec yard. We played golf. And, and let me tell you something. When I was on parole. No guards. <laughs> while I was on parole, I played Pebble Beach Golf Course. Come on, man. God is real. I went to Pebble Beach on parole. So I'm telling you, don't get locked up and saying, oh, I can't do anything. I'm a, Oh, I'm a convicted felon. Do you know that they you can have a felon, a felony and still teach depending on what kind of felony you had. There's so many good things out here, guys. So don't get locked in and don't let people put you in a box. That's good. That's good. And uh so so we just want everyone to know out there that that uh we're we're proud of you. That we're proud of God's proud of you. I'm proud of you. God's proud, proud of, you. of you. Love you. And uh and and you are you are worthy. You are worthy of his love, his his grace, his mercy. Um, you know, the devil will try to lie to you and tell you different, but we're living proof. We're living proof that no matter what style, lifestyle we lived back then, and no matter how we have fallen since then, that God is there 
to pick us up like Peter when Peter got distracted by the storm and he fell. Right. When we get distracted by the, the storms of life out here, when you get distracted by the system-wide lockdown that y'all just came out of, some of y'all are still on it. Okay. G5. G5, you're getting your tablets. When you get distracted back there, when the storms of life come in that cell, just remember, you're worthy. God loves you. And we love you. And, um, Amen. Let's pray it out. Father, thank you for this platform. Thank yes. you for the, the, thank you for Reggie and thank you for, for Paul. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for, for all the people, all the men at Lockhart that you were molding and shaping back then, Lord, in 2003, four, five, and six, Lord, we thank you for being present back then. And you're the same God back then as you are now. Yes. We yes. thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you that you look at us just like Reggie's mom looked at him. And you look at us and say, I'm so proud of you. Yes. And we don't understand it. We, 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 we almost like, like Reggie didn't want to be in his, the presence of his mom because of shame and guilt and, and, and whatever Lord. And, and Lord, we, we know that we can still come boldly before your throne of grace, no matter how, how bad we've been in the past. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God. For, for forgiveness yes. of sins. Thank you for the blood that you shed on the cross. Thank yes. you that we can pray like Romans says, uh, that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that, that, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, rose again <clears throat> after three days and is sitting there right beside you, God. If we pray that prayer and ask Jesus to come into our heart, that we are saved. So, Lord, we believe that people yes. are doing that right now. Yes. That they are confessing with their mouth, believing in their heart that, that, that you died on the cross for their sins and rose again on the third day. Yes. And, Lord, we believe salvation is going to come to those people right now. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that there's going to be uh, men and women in their lives inside prison that comes along and, and begins to disciple them and mentor them. And that they they do have a heart to go be in community at the church lord we know the church in prison is kind of a little microcosm of what church looks like out here even out here people go to church for the wrong reason sometimes they go to for to, to show off their outfit or to find a spouse or whatever and so lord please yes. allow men and women in prison not to have excuses to not to go to church and be a community yes. let them yes. go and be a light in the darkness let them go and find community let them find let him find Jesus with skin on. Lord, we thank you. I, I lift up Brother McCoy and Brother Brother Landa, Lord. I speak abundance over their lives. I speak abundance over their um, over their next chapter, whatever that may be, whatever retirement looks like for Reggie, whatever the next chapter looks like for Paul. I, I play pray blessings on their kids. Yes. Abundant. You came to give us life and life more abundantly. So I speak abundance over their lives, Lord, in their finances, in their relationships, in their spiritual walk with you, and in everything, Lord. We love you, God, and we thank you for never giving up on us. We thank you for the seeds sown in us, and thank you for the seeds that we get to sow now. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, it's chow time. Let's go eat some barbecue or something, man. Chow time. Chow time. Chow time. Turn out for church. All right. Um, any any last words before we go? Just stay strong, guys. Joy. Guys, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's right. 
strong in him. David David prayed. In, f- in fact, David knew that you could encourage yourself because he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, soul. and all, all that is within me. me. That's right. I will praise his holy name. He, he even talked to his soul one time and said, why are you so downcast? You know, like, what are you doing, soul? Come right. on. Get, yep. get, you, you have a choice. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The devil knows this, so he's going to do whatever he can to sap our strength. He's going to deny, have a parole denial. He's going to use a parole denial. He'll use a parole, uh, uh, you know, a parole. Right. To get out on parole, to get you to, I mean, he'll use anything he can. Cowboy fans, he'll use a Cowboys loss to get you down <laughs> and get you in a fight and get you in a wreck. Anything he can to now steal that's funny. your yeah. joy. That's funny. He will do anything he can to steal your joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. David prayed when he fell. He prayed, restore the joy of my salvation because the joy had left him and so did his strength. So the joy, God, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in Down. my heart. Where? Down in my... Hey, Jay. Got the joy, joy, you joy. Do, you do know that 90% of the TDC population are Cowboys fans. You better watch yourself. <laughs> hey, hey, when we do announcements, I do it with Jessa, and she wears her Cowboys jersey, and I wear my Steelers jersey. Okay. So, so yeah, they know. We, there's there's yeah, there's some Steelers nation out I've there. seen more Cowboy fans in TDC than I've seen it uh, up in Dallas. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. They're in abundance in there. Thanks again for... Uh, Thanks for having there's us. Even some there's even some former cowboy players in jail yeah that's true <laughs> uh but uh, seriously though thank you for carving out time and uh i appreciate you guys coming and, and sharing your appreciate story you too thank man. you for the invite helping us helping us spread the love back into the prisons all right all right thank you thank you guys don't forget to don't let your background hold you back make it pay you back exactly thank you for tuning in to this episode of the background check podcast brought to you by forgiven felons helping people with the past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.